Chapter 13 Rob! Cody cried, her voice revealing her shock. Hi. He stood on the bottom step, one hand resting on the slender railing. The bright sunlight made his auburn hair glow. He peered up at her, his expression serious. Rob, I thought... What did I think? Cody asked herself. That it was my dead sister knocking on the door? Maybe I really am crazy. Just wondered how you were doing, Rob said. Okay, I guess, she backed up, motioning for him to come in. He climbed the steps quickly and lowered his head as he stepped into the narrow trailer. Bad morning, huh? Did you hear anything about Joanna? Is she... Before Rob could finish, Cody threw her arms around him and pressed her mouth against his. Hold me, she whispered. I need you to hold me. Then she kissed him again. Cody had never done anything like that in her life. Callie had always been the bold one, the aggressive one, the one who took action. Cody had always stood back enviously and watched Callie as Cody made sure she got everything she wanted. But now Cody had acted on impulse, had acted because she felt so strange, so frightened, so needy. Rob didn't seem to mind. As she lowered herself to the couch, he dropped down beside her, wrapping his arms around her waist, and kissed her, kissed her. They were still wrapped in each other's arms as the door swung open and a figure stepped quickly into the trailer, clearing her throat loudly. I guess you didn't hear me knocking, Persia said. Cody pulled back from Rob with a start. Rob leaped to his feet, his mouth wide open. Persia laughed. Well, Cody, she said coldly, you certainly learn how to succeed in the movies. Rob glared at her angrily. What's your problem, Persia? What do you want? Bo says we're breaking for the day. The girl died, Persia told them matter-of-factly. The police are all over the place, investigating. You mean Joanna? Cody asked, swallowing hard. I didn't know her name, Persia replied. Anyway, your car is waiting if you want it. Ciao. She backed out of the trailer and closed the door. Cody turned back to Rob. That's horrible news, she whispered, feeling a chill down her back as she shut her eyes and saw the camera ramming into Joanna's face again. I, I can't believe it. Rob wrapped his arms around Cody's waist and hugged her tight. When Cody arrived at 99 Fear Street the next morning, she knew immediately that things were not back to normal. Two black-and-white police cars were parked at the bottom of the driveway, where the caterer's truck usually stood. There were no production workers scurrying around, preparing for a morning shoot. Warily, Cody entered the house and stepped into the living room. To her surprise, the room was filled with people. "'There you are,' Bo called to her. Dressed in his usual gray sweatshirt and baggy chinos, he stood in front of the mantel. He didn't smile. He motioned with his clipboard for Cody to join the others. Cody found Rob leaning against the back wall. She walked over to stand beside him. He gave her a solemn nod. Bo called a meeting, he whispered. The room was quiet. People whispered to one another or sat staring at Bo. No one smiled or laughed. After a few more crew members found places on the floor in front of the couch, Bo cleared his throat loudly and stepped forward to speak. As you all know, we have had a tragic accident, he began. Is he staring at me? Cody wondered, leaning close to Rob. It was hard to see Bo's eyes through the blue glasses. Because of the strange nature of Joanna's death, Rob continued, the local police. He stopped and raised his eyes to the doorway. Cody turned to see a young man with long, dark hair and a dark mustache poke his head into the room. The man carried a red metal toolbox. I'm going down to the basement now, Mr. Montgomery, the man told Bo. Thank you, Bo replied, frowning at the interruption. Cody gasped loudly. She recognized the man. Mr. Hanker, she cried. He had already disappeared from the doorway. That man is here to help us with our rat problem, Bo announced. You mean my agent is down there? Persia joked. A few people chuckled. Others murmured unhappily about the rats. 
Mr. Hankers has assured me the problem will be dealt with quickly, Bo said, but until he finishes his work, I'd advise all crew members to take care when going down there. Are you okay? Rob whispered to Cody, his features tight with concern. Cody nodded. I, I recognize that man, she explained. He worked for us. We had a rat problem, too. Rob nodded. No way I'm going down in the basement, he whispered. I hate rats. Bo continued talking, holding his clipboard down at his side, gesturing with his free hand. But Cody didn't hear his words. She was thinking about Mr. Hankers. He had been the man her father had hired to deal with a rat problem two years earlier. How strange to see him again. How strange to see Mr. Hankers and Mrs. Nordstrom still working in the house two years later, as if time stood still. Aren't they afraid to come here? Cody wondered. After all that happened in this house, aren't they afraid to step inside? Is Callie still here too? Will I find her? Cody believed in ghosts. The rest of her family had always teased her about it, but after Callie's death, Cody wanted to believe even more than before. She wanted Callie's ghost to be in the house. She wanted to find Callie, to have one last talk with her. Cody wanted Callie to know that she had kept her promise. Are you here, Callie? Cody thought, gazing around the crowded, somber living room. Are you here watching us? If you are, please let me know. Please? The gentle hand on Cody's shoulder made her jump. Chapter 14 How are you doing? Bo asked. Then he saw her jump. Sorry, Cody. Didn't mean to startle you. I can't believe how tense she is, Bo thought. Sorry, I was just thinking about things, Cody told him. Bo wanted to comfort Cody. He felt guilty about the way he had accused her the day before. He knew he had to calm her down so the picture could continue. This picture will continue, no matter how many freak accidents slow things down, Bo vowed to himself. We're all really upset, Bo told her. I was watching you while I was talking. I got the feeling you didn't hear a word I said. He watched Cody blush and felt bad for her. She was having a rough time. I think we'll all feel better when the police end their investigation and we begin shooting, Bo said to her and Rob. I hope to start tomorrow morning. He clapped Rob on the back. I want to do the attic scene first. You know, you and Cody get stuck in the green goo. You can read over the script today, since we're not shooting. There isn't much to read, Rob replied. Cody and I mainly do a lot of screaming. I want to block it out first thing, Bo told him, scribbling a note on his clipboard. I have some ideas for camera angles to make it more interesting. Why are we shooting green goo in the attic, and why is Rob in this scene, Cody asked, narrowing her eyes at Bo. Actually, it was Callie and I. We were in the bathroom when the green goo came pouring out of the faucet. I know, he told her, but the bathroom is too cramped. The attic will be much more dramatic. At least we'll be upstairs, Rob said, smiling. As far away from the basement as possible, he shuddered. I really hate rats. Yeah, me too, Bo nodded agreement. That's one reason I want to start in the attic. We'll be safe up there. I like Rob, Bo found himself thinking. Good attitude, good poise. He gazed at Cody through his blue lenses. Maybe I should replace her now, he thought. Maybe if I beg the studio, they'll let me talk to a real actress. He turned to say something else to Cody, but Persia stepped between them, her dark eyes flashing angrily. Hey, Bo, how about a little quality time from me? After all, it was my stand-in who died. I mean, I just keep thinking, it could have been me. Bo felt like laughing in her face. Actors were all the same, he thought. So needy, so jealous of his attention. Why, of course, Persia, dear, he said softly. He put his arm around Persia's shoulders and led her away, talking soothingly to her. 
Do you believe her? Cody asked Rob, watching Bo lead Persia away. Hey, I've lived in L.A. my whole life, Rob replied. I believe her. Crew members huddled in small groups talking about Joanna, the police investigation, and what it all meant for the movie. Cody saw the special effects guys heading up to the attic to prepare for the next day's shoot. I rented a car, Rob told her, a Mustang convertible. Since we're not working today, why don't we take it for a long drive? Cody smiled at him. You're a lifesaver, she declared, taking his hand. Let's go. They climbed into the little car and drove north along the highway that led out of Shadyside. Through small towns and past miles and miles of farms, the green fields seeming to stretch on forever. With the top down, Cody slumped low in the seat, enjoying the warmth of the sun on her face, letting the wind flutter her blonde hair behind her. Neither of them spoke much. It felt good just to drive, to be moving, moving farther and farther away from 99 Fear Street and its dark horrors. They had lunch at a diner built from an old railroad car. Rob told her stories about growing up with a father in the movie business. Sometimes it was great, he told her. We never had to worry about money, and my parents gave me everything I wanted. But sometimes it wasn't so great, Rob admitted. They gave me lots of stuff, but they were never around much. I mean, they didn't spend a lot of time with me. Sometimes I felt as if I was just one of my parents' possessions. They'd trot me out at parties and show me off. It was like... Look, we own one of these, too. Cody didn't have to tell Rob about her life. He already knew a lot of it. She sat back in the booth and listened intently as he talked. It felt so good not to be thinking about the movie, about the tragedy of the day before, about Callie. It was evening as they drove back to Shadyside. The wind carried a chill. Low clouds had rolled over the sun and were threatening rain. Cody guided Rob to a spot called River Ridge, a high cliff overlooking the Kananoka River. It was a popular makeout spot for students at Shadyside High, Cody knew. But early in the evening, with the clouds threatening rain, the Mustang was the only car in sight. As soon as he shut off the engine, Rob leaned over and kissed her. Then he wrapped Cody in a hug. They held on to each other for the longest time. Neither of them moved. Neither of them whispered. Neither of them wanted to let go. What a beautiful day this was, Cody thought. I feel so relaxed now, so peaceful. When the rain started to fall, softly at first, then as a hard, steady downpour, Rob jumped out and pulled up the top. He was drenched by the time he climbed back in the car. He kissed her, a long, rain-wet kiss. Then he whispered, Let's go back to my room and rehearse. Cody started to say yes, then realized she didn't have her script. I left it in my trailer, she told him, wiping raindrops off his forehead with her hand. We can share mine. She shook her head. It's better if I have mine. I like to make notes on it. Just drop me at the trailer, okay? I'll get the script. Then we'll go to your room and rehearse. Rob obediently started the car, and they drove down along the river, through a nice-looking neighborhood of big houses and wide, well-cared-for lawns, past the high school, toward Fear Street. The rain came down harder as they turned onto Fear Street. The wind picked up, howling around the small car, making the old trees on both sides of them shiver and bend. In the headlights, the rain seemed to be blowing sideways. Rob slowed down when the movie company trailers came into view. The trailers were all dark, rainwater streaming down them. Cody glanced up at the house. It was dark, too, except for a flicker of light in the first floor window. Probably the guard, she thought. I'll be right out, Cody told Rob, reaching for the door handle. Don't get wet, he choked. She leaped out of the car and ran, in the sharp light of the headlights, the few steps to her trailer. The rain instantly soaked through her t-shirt and felt cold and tingly in her hair. She struggled to open the trailer door. Stepping into the darkness, she shivered and wiped rainwater from her eyes and forehead. The door slammed behind her. The wind howled, making the trailer shake. Cody clicked on the overhead light. 
The script. There it was, on the low leather couch. She bent to pick it up. The rain pounding on the metal trailer roof sounded like a steady roar of thunder. But over the drumming, she heard a knocking at the door. Three taps. Rob? Why would Rob get out of the car? Was it just the wind? Holding the script away from her so she wouldn't get it wet, Cody listened. Tap, tap, tap. Silence. Then, tap, tap, tap. Not the wind. Not the patter of windswept rain against the door. Swallowing hard, Cody made her way to the door and pushed it open and stared into the curtain of rain and the darkness. No one? No one there? Cody rolled up the script to keep it dry. She squinted into the hard rain, searching for the Mustang's headlights, and realized the light was gone. Rob? she called. Not loud enough, she realized, to be heard over the steady rumble of rain against the trailers, against the pavement. Where was the car? Had he pulled up ahead to park at the curb? She stepped out of the trailer, closing the door behind her. The wind blew her wet hair against her face. Sweeping it back with her free hand, she searched for Rob's car. Not there. Her heart began to pound as she stepped off the bottom step. She felt cold water against her ankle, glanced down, and saw the deep puddle she had stepped in. Rob, where are you? she called. He wouldn't leave her in the rain. He wouldn't. And then, as the wind howled through the shivering trees, Cody heard the whisper. Cody, here I am. No! Cody covered her mouth with her free hand. The cold rain washed over her. No! Just the wind. Just the wind of my imagination. Cody, I am here. I am with you. Cody held her breath, struggled to see through the dark, shifting curtains of rain. It's Rob, she thought suddenly. Rob playing some sort of cruel joke. But the whispers rose over the wind once again. Cody recognized her sister's voice. Cody, I am with you. It's me. Callie. Callie, is it really you? Cody screamed. She felt all her muscles tighten. She felt as if her chest were about to burst. Happiness, excitement, fear, all at once, all mixed together. Callie, she cried. Callie, I can't see you. Where are you? Chapter 15 The rain swept down, the wind howled, and the voice whispered again. Follow me. Follow me, Cody. The trailer shook behind her. Cody watched a jagged bolt of lightning crack over the trembling trees. Follow me. Now. Water ran down Cody's face. She squinted through the raindrops, trying to catch a glimpse of her twin sister. Where are you? She stammered. I can't see you, Callie. Follow me. I am with you. Follow me now. The script fell from Cody's hand into the deep puddle at her feet. As she began to follow the voice toward the house, a strong gust of wind rushed forward to meet her. It pushed her back as if trying to keep her away. But Cody knew she had to follow her sister's whispered commands. Cody had no choice. This was why she came back. She had made a promise to Callie, and no wind or rain or bolts of lightning would stop her from keeping that solemn promise. Bending against the swirling wind, Cody made her way through sheets of rain up to the gravel driveway. Callie, are you still here? Is it really you? She shouted over the thunderclap that shook the trees. No reply. Rainwater poured through a broken gutter over the porch, splashing noisily onto the walk. Orange light flickered in the rain-smeared living room window. Callie, are you here? Again, Callie's voice rose on the wind, a whisper, a faint beckoning whisper that Cody had to struggle to hear over the roar of the rain. This way, Cody. Come this way. Cody stepped around the splashing water from the broken gutter, onto the porch, out of the wind. With a hard shiver, she pushed open the front door and stepped into the warmth of the house. This way, Cody. The voice sounded stronger in the hallway, out of the wind and rain. Callie, it really is you! Cody forgot her fright as her excitement took over, the excitement of this impossible reunion. This way. Don't stop. Callie! Cody called out to her. 
After you died, I saw you watching from the window. I promised I'd come back. Did you hear me then, Callie? Did you hear my promise? Silence. Cody realized she couldn't stop shivering. She pushed both hands back through the soaked tangles of her hair, sending a shower of raindrops to the carpet. Then she wrapped her arms around herself, struggling to stop the cold, wet chills. Callie, where are you? Can I see you? Follow me, Cody. I want to see you, too. Callie, it sounds like you, Cody cried, her voice trembling from the shivers that convulsed her body. Why can't I warm up, Cody wondered, following the voice of the back hall. Why can't I stop shivering? I've missed you so much, Callie, she told her sister. I always thought about you every day, every single day. Somehow, you were always there, always beside me, always in my mind. I thought about you, too, the voice replied, but without any warmth. I thought about you, too, Cody. The words came out icy and hard. Cody hesitated at the door to the basement. Are you down there, Callie? The reply. Cody raised both hands and wiped rainwater from her forehead and eyebrows. If only I could stop shaking, she told herself. She pulled open the basement door and peered down the dark stairs. Pale light reflected off the gray stone basement walls. Are you down there, Callie? Yes, I'm down here. Come down, Cody. Come and find me. Holding tightly to the railing, Cody began to lower herself down the steep, narrow steps. Her sneakers squished on each creaking stair. She stopped halfway down, remembering the rats. Callie, are you really down here? Can I see you? Come and find me. Hurry, the voice urged sharply. Yes, Callie was down in the basement. Cody's temples throbbed. Her legs felt weak as she made her way to the basement floor. Shadows moved in the pale light. The gray walls appeared to tilt as Cody took a step, then another. Callie, her voice came out small and frightened. Can I see you? A scraping sound, close by. Was it a rat? Rain pounded against the small window pane above Cody's head at ground level. Callie? Cody took another step into the basement. She saw several large wooden storage crates piled one on top of the other over the floor. A wisp of light flickered behind a tall tower of crates. Callie, are you back there? Cody asked meekly. Silence. The light flickered. Something scuttled across the concrete floor. The wind splattered rain against the tiny basement window. Here I am, Cody. I've waited so long for you. Oh, Callie! Cody exclaimed her voice trembling with emotion. With a hard shiver, she rushed toward the flickering light, but her legs struck something hard, and she stumbled over it. A low wooden crate. Ow! Cody cried out, landing hard on one elbow. Pain shot up her arm and down her right side. Rubbing her elbow, she pulled herself up to her knees. Callie, are you here? Staring toward the cartons, still on her knees, Cody saw a dark shadow roll across the floor. As the shadow rolled over her, Cody started to scream, but a hand clamped itself tightly over her mouth. Chapter 16. Shh! She felt hot breath on her cheek. She wanted to scream, but the hand held on tightly. Cody tried to duck away, but she felt so panic-stricken her muscles wouldn't cooperate. She lowered herself to the floor in surrender. The hand loosened its grip. She turned and gazed into Bo's stubbled face. He had a finger raised to his lips. His eyes flared excitedly in the eerie, pale glow of his penlight. Cody, what are you doing down here? he whispered. You scared me to death, she managed to choke out angrily. She jumped to her feet and crossed her arms protectively over her chest as she glared at him. Answer my question, he insisted, his eyes studying her, her wet clothes, her disheveled hair. What are you doing down here? I, I, Cody stammered. How could she explain that she had followed her sister's ghost? What are you doing down here, Beau? She demanded instead. I have a right to be down here, he said softly, still studying her. I have work to do for the production, but Cody... You're here all by yourself? So late, she insisted. Cody, I work very late hours. It's part of being the director. But I really have to ask you to explain yourself, Bo said, his expression growing stern. 
I, well, the security guard said he caught you in the house the night before last, Bo said, rubbing his double jaw thoughtfully. And now, here you are again. I don't want to believe anything bad about you, Cody, but I have to know what's going on. I can't really explain, Cody started to say. He shook his head. You have to explain, he told her. He took her hand and squeezed it between his. Oh, you're so cold, Cody. Cold and wet. I know. I was out in the rain. I... Perhaps we should get out of this house, Bo suggested. Perhaps we should go back to the hotel. You can tell me why we keep finding you in places where you don't belong. He held on to her hand. But Cody realized it wasn't a friendly gesture. He was trying to frighten her. He suspected her of doing something wrong, of being up to no good. And he was trying to intimidate her, to frighten her into confessing. Should we talk back at the hotel, he repeated, holding her hand tightly. Cody hesitated. This picture is very important to me, Cody, Bo said, squeezing her hand. It's very important to my career. I won't let anything ruin it for me. Anything, or anyone. I'm a very understanding guy. I always try to think of the best of people, but finding you down here... It's hard to explain, Cody interrupted, but my sister... She stopped when she saw the light flash on the label on the wooden crate that Bo was leaning on. She squinted at it to make sure she'd read it correctly. Then she saw the same label on the crate beneath it. Bo, she cried, unable to hide her surprise. These boxes, they're filled with explosives. His expression changed instantly. His eyes narrowed and his mouth tensed. Cody, he whispered, leaning toward her menacingly. I'm really sorry you saw these. Chapter 17 Cody drew back. Bo, you're frightening me. Why are you staring at me like that? His expression seemed to soften in the dim light. I'm sorry. It's just that you weren't supposed to see these. He patted the top of the wooden crate gently. But I don't understand, Cody choked out. So many boxes of explosives. I don't want anyone to know, Bo repeated, scratching his hair, tugging back his ponytail. It's supposed to be a secret, Cody. I just moved these crates down here tonight. She lowered her eyes to the label on the crate. The first word up at the top was danger. I don't want the cast to know the ending of the film, Bo said, leaning on the crate. That's why I didn't pass out the last ten pages of the script. You mean, Cody started to ask. He pulled off the blue glasses. I'm going to blow up the house, he revealed. It's going to be an incredible explosion. I mean, I'm really going to do it. Boom. He gestured with both hands, the light waving drunkenly. Cody stared at him, startled by a sudden enthusiasm. But you've got the square to keep it a secret, Bo said, lowering his voice. I want genuine surprise in the faces of my actors. I want to see real horror on their faces when a house goes up. Do you understand? Cody nodded. Yes, but... She heard scuttling sounds behind her in the darkness, scratching, a soft hiss. The sounds sent chills down her back. I have to get out of here, she thought. I have to get back to the hotel and into some dry clothes. I won't tell anyone, Bo, she promised. Really, my lips are sealed. She ran a hand across her mouth in a zipper motion. He studied her in a low light. It doesn't matter that you know the ending, he said, thinking out loud. You're Callie. You're already dead when the house blows up. Callie, Cody thought. Callie led me down here. Her voice... Of course, Callie is still in the house, Bo continued, staring hard at her. You blow up in the house. Hey, maybe we see you explode, too. You know, your head shoots up in the air. Your arms and legs go flying off in different directions. Cody let out a low cry. Sorry. You have too many real memories here, huh? Cody nodded. Yes, my sister. He reached out and took her hand again. If you're having trouble dealing with all this, Cody, I can make a cast change. Persia is ready to step into your role, as you know. You could take a smaller part. You could play yourself. Then the pressure would be off, and... No! 
Cody interrupted shrilly. No, no way. I know Persia is dying to take my part away from me, but I'm playing Kelly, Bo. I'm playing the part. It's very important to me. Okay, okay, he backed off. I'm just trying to understand you, Cody. His expression hardened. You still haven't explained why you're down here. I explained why I'm here. I was checking to make sure these explosives were stored properly, but I still haven't heard why. It's because of my sister, Cody blurted out. Bo's mouth dropped open. He started to say something, but changed his mind and waited for Cody to continue. Callie called to me, Cody told him, outside. I heard her voice. She told me to follow her. She led me into the house. I mean, her voice led me. And, and, Cody stopped. You don't believe what I'm saying, right? You think I'm totally messed up. Bo shook his head. Go with it, he said enthusiastically. I like it. Maybe we can add it to the script. You know, the scene when you come home after Callie's funeral. Go on, Cody. Go with it. I'm not making it up, Cody screamed, feeling herself lose control. It's real, Bo. It's not part of the movie. She heard the soft scuttling, the scratching sounds again, closer this time, and in front of her, somewhere in front of her. Finish the explanation, Bo insisted. The voice led you down here, and... They both saw the dark form leap off the top of the crate, a fat gray rat. Cody saw its red eyes first, then its pointed teeth. Before she could raise her hands to protect herself, she heard its shrill hiss as it leaped for her throat.